Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to the Rock Chalk Podcast. I am your host, Andy Mitz. Today, we are continuing our opponent preview series with probably the team that I know the least about, not because we didn't have an idea coming into the offseason, but because some stuff happened during the offseason that made it very difficult to know what to expect from this team. Tell me talk about that. We are, of course, talking about the Iowa State Cyclones. And coming back to the podcast once again, uh, one of our favorites here to talk to because of how just long and ridiculous and great the conversations are. It is Levi Stevenson of Wide Right Natty Light. Levi, how you doing today? I'm good. How are you, Andy? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think you still hold the record for the most number of episodes I've had to break up into two episodes because of how long they were. <laughs> so, um, I was a few weeks ago or maybe a month ago now I was on Kansas State's podcast and, and he, he said he likes he, to talk he, too. He, he, <laughs> He said it well. He that, and but then he like he said he hit the record, and I was like, "Uh oh, we're in trouble here because you're you're not gonna make your time limit, bud." <laughs> just that's just how it works. You you set a time limit on me, and I said, "The hell with that. We're gonna keep. We're gonna go right through that." Oh, oh, of course. I mean, that's why I that's why I don't typically set time limits anymore for this podcast because I personally happen to go past time limits that are set for me all the time anyway. So drives my wife crazy. I, I've just learned to live with it. So, all right, let's, I, I know that this is probably not the most fun topic to talk about because of what happened in the, in the off season, but Kansas and, and Iowa State do play obviously this, this year. And so we do kind of want to get an idea of what to expect from this team. You know, last year was not a great year, obviously. Um, and I think coming into the off season, is it fair to say that most Iowa State fans at least thought, Hey, this probably can't get much worse. Like we're going to be able to get things turned around next year, probably. Yeah, I mean, especially from an offensive standpoint, yeah, it'd be it would it'd be pretty pretty difficult for it to get much worse. And there, there was there was some stuff where it was just a lot of bad luck and just some weird, weird fluky plays and stuff like that 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 contributed to. I mean, Iowa State was two drops and a missed field goal away from being a seven win team last year, and we're having an entirely different conversation. So it's well, know, in a, a one of one of three missed field goals, just needed one of them. <laughs> 
against one Kansas. Them, yeah, right, I mean, yeah. Lit- so. Literally one of them. I mean, I would say should have beat Kansas, and they should have beat Texas, and they should have beat, and they should have beat Oklahoma State. Yeah. And they didn't beat any of them. Um, they should have been a seven-win team last year. And if we, I would say it was seven and five last year. Like I said, we're not having the same conversation because I would say I had a really good year, had a pretty decent year, anyways, especially in a rebuilding year. Pretty much met expectations, um, but they didn't. They shot themselves in the foot repeatedly against Oklahoma State. Had a really, really bad missed drop against Texas. Then obviously missed the three field goals against Kansas. Um, but you know, it's it's just kind of one of those things where you it, like the offense just couldn't have been a lot worse. The defense was out was just spectacular, just outrageously good. How how good that defense was last year, and um, it's just one of those things where. The, the problems were fairly obvious. I mean, Hunter Deckers wasn't great. He focused in way too much on Xavier Hutchinson. The play, the play calling wasn't good. It didn't help him at all. The offensive line was terrible. And that, you know, and, and although in, it just becomes a feedback loop because once the offensive line's bad, then it makes play calling more difficult. And it makes the quarterback have to get rid of the ball sooner, which means you have to run lots of short routes, which means you're going to go to your best short route runner, which was Xavier Hutchinson. You're just gonna do it. It's just a feedback loop. Um, Unfortunately, Kansas fans are very, very familiar with that, you know, offensive line yeah. feedback loop. So, <laughs> right. So, uh, you know, it's just one of those things where it just kept feeding into it. And so there's, there's lots of reason to believe that things can be better this season. So, I mean, I, I think it's fair to say, though, because I know that while Brock Purdy was still on campus, there's a lot of people really excited about Hunter Deckers and how he, you know, had a lot of potential. And there was expectation that, you know, yeah. if things broke right, he could have been theoretically better than Brock Purdy. Obviously that didn't happen um, for a lot of different reasons. And I, and I, I guess the real, I mean, quarterback was going to be a question coming into this year anyway, before, you know, the, we'll, we'll just rip the bandaid off now before the whole gambling scandal that ended up getting Hunter Deckers. Basically. I mean, I, I'd be surprised if he played again anywhere, but without him, you're now going to, you know, one of, one of two guys that were going to be the backup this year, what does the quarterback situation look like for Iowa State? And is there hope that they can perform better than what you saw last year? Or is it kind of just another hold on and hope that everything works out? Yeah. So the uh, kind of let you lid in a little bit. I don't think Hunter Deckers was guaranteed to be, he was not guaranteed to be the starter this fall. Um, not surprising to, to me, but it was, it was going to be an open competition. And I still believe, I, I mean, I, I still believe to this very second, right now that physically as far as arm talent goes Hunter Deckers is an NFL quarterback arm talent wise or whatever he just just up, up top didn't work out unfortunately quarterbacks one of the places where this matters and that was always that that was always the caveat even when I would go on other people's podcasts and say Hunter Deckers has the talent to be better than Brock Purdy and I'd still believe that or whatever but it was always going to be dependent on if he got it figured out and if he got the, the 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 mental part of the game figured out, and obviously sure. he did not, and then now now he's cut off any possibility he was ever going to get there uh, by being an absolute shit for brains off the field. And so going into this season, I mean, it, it takes a breathtaking level of shit for brains to bet on teams you're betting and you're playing in. Like, just oh gosh, yes, I mean, mind boggling. Like, like I could, I can excuse and kind of understand if you're betting just in general on games that you have absolutely nothing to do with like that's at I least mean, like, like Jake like Jake Remsburg is probably the one person that was named in the gambling pro that I think is probably still going to play again because he was just betting on NFL and NBA like things he has no no influence on whatsoever you could make the argument that they're betting on you know uh, a Michigan Ohio State game that someone on the team probably knows somebody that plays right, for Ohio right. State or Michigan 
So there, I, I can see that connection, but like, you know, whether whether or not it's okay for them to bet on pro sports, whatever, you know, I don't know. It's that's entirely into perspective, or even but, like sports that they don't play. <laughs> like, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like, who, who gives a shit if someone bets on cricket? Like, whatever. Um, but <laughs> what? Neither here nor there. Um, as far as the quarterback situation goes, though, it's it's two guys, and it's JJ Cole and Rocco Back. Rocco Back is a redshirt freshman did get a few snaps late in the season last year when you know like in the tcu game after hunter decker's left you know got hurt or whatever and uh jj cole really really highly touted freshman quarterback coming in from him and he's you know looks the parties all of six six he's a you know high four-star recruit second best prospect in school history after alan lazard um and there's there's a lot of expert there's a lot of hype around him but he's also a true freshman um the the thing the thing that I want to stress though is that while while the quarterback situation is is undecided at this point in time, quarterback play was always going to be like the fourth biggest concern, no matter what. I mean, the, the offensive line was one and two. The Fair. running backs, you know, finding a running back was probably going to be three, and then finding a couple receivers was going to be four, and maybe quarterback play is five. You know, that's that's kind of one of those things where quarterback played the season was probably never ever gonna be the determining factor if i would say got to the point where quarterback play was a determining factor because they've got the other four figured out i'm not sure quarterback play actually matters that much and and we're we're talking about going we're talking about exceeding expectations way way beyond or i mean we're talking about iowa state winning eight or nine games this season or you know or more if we're talking about quarterback play becoming an issue right with the way Um, that this team is built and what happened last year like quarterback play could be the difference between winning seven and nine games, but it's not going to be the difference between winning four and seven games. No, no, no. I mean, that like Hunter Deckers was nineteen. He went nineteen touchdown passes, fourteen interceptions, and led the conference in completion percentage. I mean, he wasn't like he wasn't horrible. He was he could he could have been and should have been a lot better. But he was, I mean he wasn't like a travesty or anything like that. He was just kind of a middle of the road, whatever kind of quarter. He had the, whatever. the the way that I, that I saw it described best is he had the tendency to make big flubs that Brock Party did occasionally without the ability to bounce back from them as quickly. Right. Exactly. And yeah. so Hunter Deckers was, he wasn't bad, but he's also very replaceable stats wise. And that's, that's just kind of where it's at. Whether or not, whether JJ Cole or Rocco Beck wins out the job, I'm going to, I'd be, I'd be, kind of surprised if Rocco wasn't the starter just because he's been in the program an extra year I'd be, so I'd be kind of surprised if he doesn't start through the first game at least um, but you know I, regardless of which one of those you put in the game I feel plenty comfortable uh, with them leading an offense I, like I said they, I mean a lot of this is coming down to the offensive line <laughs> you know if the offensive line is good everybody is else everybody else's job gets way easier <laughs> And all of a sudden, it's now now it's really not that big a deal if you have a freshman quarterback because he can stay upright and he can find room, to, he can have time to throw and stuff like that. You know, that's makes freshman <laughs> makes for freshman quarterbacks a lot more effective. So, you know, I, the quarterback play is what it is. They're gonna they're gonna pick one, and whoever they pick is gonna be fine. They're they're gonna do just fine. Quarterback play has never really been an issue under Matt Campbell. Um, they even like there was one like two game stretch where Zeb Nolan came in after Al Kemp got hurt. He was fine one game, really, really, really bad against TCU, and then they brought brought in Brock Purdy, and then the rest is history. Um, and then after you know, they you know even before that, if you look like 2016 quarterback play was it fine with Jacob Park and Joel Lanning, 
or whatever. You know, it, in 2017, Jacob Park was okay for it was decent for a few games. The headbag game against Texas, and then Kyle Kemp shows up. Quarterback play has never really been an issue, and and backups specifically being you know specifically having backups that are ready to come in has never been an issue uh, for Matt Campbell's team. So I, I don't anticipate that that will continue. That all of a sudden we'll have a a huge issue at quarterback necessarily. You know that isn't already being isn't already being capitulated by other problems, right? So, so I mean, I I guess that kind of leads us directly then into the rest of the offense. I mean, I know that that Iowa State has always, or at least when they've been good, have had a you know a workhorse running back who performs really really well. Um, yes, Jarrell Brock was kind of that guy with Silas being the backup last year, but was not at the kind of level that you would expect. And of course, coming off of Brees Hall, it's really hard to. You know, how do you live up to right, right? Like, how how do you replicate that that with a you know a freshman or a sophomore? Like, um, yeah. I mean, so looking at the the running back situation, though, like, is the is it reasonable to expect that this running back room is going to be able to carry the load for this offense this year? I mean, there there won't be any workhorses in this group. I don't. I mean, unless someone comes out of the woodwork, unless someone just kind of steps up and does it. But right now, I wouldn't expect there to be any sort of workhorse situation like we saw with Brees Hall or Dave Montgomery where one backs getting ninety percent of the carries. You know, I you know Eli Sanders is gonna is gonna play early. Artavius Norton is another guy. You know, then there's, we've heard other names too. Though we've heard um, Abu Sama, who's a fr- true freshman from uh, he's from Southeast Polk. Uh, high school just outside of Des Moines, and and you know I don't know if he's going to play or not, but ever they've had two spring scra- they've had two fall camp scrimmages so far, and his name keeps popping up as like dude that's just making he's just explosive. So I'm assuming they'll probably try to find a way to get him on the field, whether it's at as a, on special teams or whatever it is, they'll probably try to get him on the field somehow. <laughs> I don't I have no idea if he's if he's like in the running to start or not. Um, but then they've got a guy Carson Hansen who can't, who's out of Minnesota. Um, really versatile kid they said he's 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 quick enough and he's a good he's a good enough route runner where they could they could just line him up as a slot receiver you know i please take this the play style is very reminiscent of like what christian mccaffrey does where they move him inside and outside they get him on sweeps they get him on as a slot receiver i'm obviously not saying he's oh no no don't don't worry i went over i went over on a texas tech podcast last night and made a comment about how Jalen Daniels' ability to get his player, you know, everybody involved receiver-wise is reminiscent of the way Patrick Mahomes, like, sees the field. And, of course, you know, that was a – Andy yeah, Mitch says that Patrick it, yeah. Mahomes is the same – you know, Jalen Daniels right. is the same That's, as that, – <laughs> so, Slight tangent here because this, this is a big pet peeve of mine is that people, <laughs> that people that don't understand what player comps are. Oh, yeah. Player, player comps are not based on talent. Player comps are there to – explain to somebody what this player looks like what like what can you compare him to so that way i can say okay this is the type of player we can fit this type of player in this offense we can expect to see something like this when i say brock purdy when he was in college plays a lot like russell wilson that's because he did play a lot like russell wilson am i saying he was as good as russell wilson no No. (laughs) but what i am saying is he plays a lot like russell wilson now turns out he's actually turning out to be a pretty good NFL quarterback so far now we'll see what he looks like at the full season but Right now, early results for Brock Purdy are very good. Um, but, you know, or you can say Brees Hall is a nice, is a really nice, versatile one-cut running back, kind of like Adrian Peterson was. Am I saying he's as good as Adrian Peterson? No. But what I am saying is that Brees Hall has a very similar running style to what Brees, to what Adrian Peterson. And maybe he's a little bit, maybe he leans a little bit more finesse than power, like Adrian Peterson did, but very similar one-cut style. But 
when I say so when I say that there's a running back in this room that is a really really nice pass catcher and they they want to just put him all over the field and do lots of different things with them. The Christian McCaffrey thing one because one Christian McCaffrey is an instantly recognizable player. It's like I know when I say he plays like Christian McCaffrey, you know exactly what I'm talking about. They they'll give they'll get him out in space. They'll use him as a receiver. They do lots of really lots of really unique things to just get him the ball in behind a blocker. If you can do that, Christian McCaffrey is going to get you a lot of points and a lot of yards. And that's the kind of player that I can say this guy is kind of like Christian McCaffrey. Not as good as Christian McCaffrey, but he plays like Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, so. no, just play, player comp wise, I saw I saw somebody making the comp of Garrett Green, the you know West Virginia presumed starter, and talking about like he has all of these things, and it was like the the field vision of Patrick Mahomes, the resiliency of Eli. Uh, it was like if, if you remember like the the old the old graphic that they put up in an Iowa State game when Dave Montgomery was there it was like the Dave Mon- like the the running back Frankenstein or something like that yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Had, like the feet of Saquon Barkley, the power of Sony Michelle. Exactly. Like, yeah, it was that kind of stuff. It was hilarious yeah. to look at it. It's like it's like regardless of how good you think anybody in the college game is, there's no way you take the best qualities of all of these great professionals and say that this person right. has all those. So. But it does it does help describe the general nature <laughs> of the thing rather than you know escalating to oh right right, right. as long as you don't right. take it to the extreme like that like it, it it can be helpful to say that the way that they do this thing is is reminiscent of the way that this right. other person that everybody knows does it so right exactly and that, and that's the whole point is to be able to take an, a recognizable thing and say this is an example this is your, this is what you know the general type of thing you can expect. You know, are they going to do it as good as that guy? I don't know, but they're going to be the right, right. same style. Well, and, and I mean, anyway, anyways, it, it, yeah, so same approach, same anyways, general. Yeah, yeah, anyway, yeah. Go ahead. So, Iowa State's got a couple really good speed guys. That Cartavis Norton's a really, really hard, violent runner. Then you got Carson Hansen, like I said, who's who's a really versatile guy that can put around in a few different places on the field, even at receiver. Um, so they've got options there, um, and I would expect to see that we'll probably see at least. I, w- I would assume that we'll see all of them get touches at some point in the season. Um, I'm guessing right now your starter is probably Eli Sanders, but you know, it, it, and it, it really applies across all sports is that it doesn't necessarily matter who starts as much as who gets the most snaps or who gets the most minutes. Um, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter if someone starts a basketball game, if they get five minutes in the game and then the guy behind them gets 30, you know, it's then the other, the other player effectively the starter. So, you know, I would, I, I would, Right now, I would say Eli Sanders is probably the guy that I'm guessing will get the most snaps to start the season anyways, but who knows um, right now. Like I said, Abu Sama is just a guy that he keeps coming up over and over and over. He's uh, His kind of claim to fame before college was in high school in the Iowa State 5A championship game. He set a record with 376 yards rushing and like eight touchdowns. Um, Dang, that's impressive. Yeah. Yeah, and they're all like, I'm like a bunch of them are on like sixty yard runs. I mean, the dude just he's just he's just a explosive, explosive player. Um, so if he, if they can get him on the field, great. And if he's ready to go, awesome. Freshmen can succeed as running backs. So then you know, as there's like skill positions, especially especially receiver and running back, freshmen can have plenty of success there. So who knows what? Who knows who's going to come out of that room? Again, that's another one where whoever they put out there, I I have confidence that whoever they put out there is ready to go. Um. But, you know, their job is just so heavily dependent on the offensive line that, you know, it's it's hard to put too much stock into one guy because they're all capable of doing good things as long as they have room to do them. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I mean, that's the way that a lot of different offenses are going to be this year. Um, I, I'm very curious, though, in terms of path catchers, because I think it's fair to say that yeah. last year they basically had Xavier Hutchinson and not really anybody else that you would that would jump off the page at you. Yeah, um, there was – like, Jalen Noll was fine. Yeah, so I mean, kind of they a, had – you know, it's it's a lot – it's very similar, I think, to the way that people talk about the Kansas receivers, right, where it's like Lawrence Arnold, Luke Grimm – Quentin Skinner, those are guys that you probably, unless you really pay attention to the programs, you're probably not going to know their names because they're not like guys that would be star wide receivers anywhere. But they're very, very good, capable guys. And so I think that, you know, Iowa State had kind of a similar sort of thing where they had Xavier Hutchinson, who everybody knew, or I should say anybody who actually paid attention to college football. I'm not counting Texas fans. I, I had that conversation with somebody. I mean, um, he was a Blitnikoff, he was a Blitnikoff semifinalist. So I mean, like, right? No, no, no. It, yeah, but it if was you're even remote. If you're even remotely plugged into the game, you know who's. Oh, I know. No, it was just funny because I, I forget who I was talking with, but they were talking about how they have like a, a Texas, like a, a Texas, like state of Texas group that they chat in, and someone was talking about how Xavier Worthy was by far the best wide receiver in all of the Big Twelve last year, and it's like, what about Xavier Hutchinson? And he's like, who's Xavier Hutchinson? I was like, eh, come on, like you're either trolling or you don't pay any attention. <laughs> yeah. I know, okay. I know. It, it was it was kind of funny, but anyway, um, I mean, Anyways. <laughs> Xavier Hutchinson obviously is not there. I, I mean, there's you know much like the the running backs. Like I look at the list of guys on this, um, you know, on, on this roster, and with the exception of like Jalen no- Noel um, or Noel, I forget how you actually say his last name. Noel, yeah, Noel. Okay, he, he's the only guy that whose name I actually recognize, right, as somebody who who did something significant last year. So. In terms of catching passes, and I'm not sure how Iowa State typically likes to use their tight ends. I don't remember many of them being huge, you know, pass catchers with the except like recently, I should say, like last year, I should say. <laughs> well, ju- okay, just last year. No, no, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Like I, I started like, saying, like, like, no, 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 no. I, I know some really good tight ends that came from from uh, from Iowa State, but no, no, you're right. You're right. I started to say, I'm like, no, I remember exactly who. It's like, oh, anyway. Yeah, Charlie Kohler did did a few good things in the Big Twelve. <laughs> just a just a few, but no, I mean, few, yeah. but but honestly, like, I almost feel like yeah, that was like a, a the exception that proves the rule, right? Like outside of him, I don't know of many other pass catching tight ends that Iowa State. I mean, Chase Allen was good, but but I mean, Chase Allen yeah. was good. Dylan Saner. I mean, they, they had a, they had a good streak there for about five or six years where they were just phenomenal at tight end. But you're right that last year last year the tight ends were they underperformed pretty dramatically. Um, so, so, I mean, who who from tight end wide receiver steps up to be yeah. that option okay. for the quarterback? So, so I am here to tell you that the that the uh, the the Iowa State tight end room being awesome is 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 back um, because there are a few guys in here that I think are going to really 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 step up. Um, the big one that I keep hearing nonstop is Ben Brommer. He's a true freshman from Omaha, and I've seen some clips of him. The dude is just a pass catcher. I mean, like. They're going to use him all over the field. They, he can be a vertical tight end. I mean, he, they're going to they're going to feed him the ball. If he's not starting game one, he'll be starting by conference play. I, I would be shocked if he's not starting by conference play. Uh, Tyler Moore is a guy out of, out of Des Moines that I think has a lot of potential. He's a really nice body, six five two sixty. He's got you know he's a really good route runner. Um, Gabe Burkle is a guy out of Cedar Rapids Prairie that had had some really really nice offers. Um, I think he's, and I think he can be a really good pass catcher. I think he's probably a better blocker right now than he is a pass catcher. Um, but he, he'll, he'll get out there. Uh, Easton Dean played a bunch of snaps last year. There's, there's plenty of guys. Steve O'Klotz is probably your new, your new, I would say F, uh, F back, H back, whatever you want to call him, where it was like, uh, you know, I would say had, had a, a string of them for a while that were really, really good. Um, but 
you know, kind of your your, blo- your blocking tight end. Steve Oklatz is the new one. Um, you know, there's there's I I think I really do think Ben Brommer is going to ascend it to be one of the best tight ends in the conference by the end of his freshman season. I mean, gosh, um, he's he's six seven, like. He's a he's a phenomenal oh he's a phenomenal athlete. He's not he doesn't have a lot of weight on him yet, but he's a phenomenal athlete. And at, at six seven two forty, I mean, guys. Yeah, I mean, and um, and, and there's there's some pretty good tight ends in this league. I mean, Kansas has a yeah. decent tight end room that they use quite a bit, but I you know I by far they're they're they don't have I think the 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 best tight end room. They probably have the one that's going to get used the most, but. Um, I definitely think that like Baylor has a really good tight end room, and Iowa State, it yeah. sounds like, has a really good tight end room. So it'll be interesting. They're, I think they're, to they're, see they're talented. They're unproven, but they're talented. And, like, and yeah. if they go back to being a, if they go back to really using the tight ends in the passing game, like we'd like they did when we had Charlie Kohler and Chase Allen, um, this this is a group that can be very, very, very effective. Um, as far as receivers go, the number one receiver is Jaden Higgins. He's a transfer from Eastern Kentucky. Um, have heard nothing but good things about him. He's been, I mean, ever since he got here, like in February, I mean, it's just like Jaden Higgins, Jaden Higgins, Jaden Higgins. He's the X period. Um, he's been, I mean, he hasn't played a snap yet, obviously, but he's been, as far as the conversation around the program goes, he's been the number one receiver since February. Um, he's a, uh, I got, he's six, four on paper. And if you watch him on, if you like see him on tape, he's an imposing six, four. I mean, he's all of six, four kind of like, if you remember like Alan Lazard, what he looked like, I mean, he was an imposing physical figure. Jaden Higgins is, yeah. is a lot like that. Um, Jaden Higgins has that same that same body type where he just he just looks bigger than the guy that's guarding him. Um, you know, Dimitri Stanley's back. He's a good deep threat. We'll see if they use him in you know more effectively than they did last year. I think he was really good on deep routes, especially Daniel Jackson's a guy that I've heard he was hard, he was he's kind of had some injury problems for a couple years now, but he's a guy that I keep hearing about has a chance to be really really good. Uh, Aiden Bitter is a guy that. He he made a phenomenal catch against Iowa last year along the sideline. That was a really really critical catch. Um, didn't get as much run as I was kind of hoping he would. Because but he you know in his playing time that he's gotten he's been very very good. Um, couple guys, Jason Essex. He's a he's a retro freshman from the Kansas City area. Guy I think is going to have a chance to really step up. Um, the one guy that I want to see real bad is Karan Adams. Is a five foot seven retro freshman from Arizona. I don't know if you remember. Do you remember Kanae Nuangu? Uh, how fast? I think so. He, he's a, he was a kick returner for obviously he's a kick returner for the Vikings right now. Oh, okay. Um, yes, yes. He ran a four. I think he ran a four three flat or a four two six at his pro day. Right now, I would be willing to bet that Karan Adams could probably. You might be able to take him to foot race. Karan Adams is Dang. unbelievably fast. Like I've I've watching his. Watching his high school tape, I don't know if I've ever seen a guy on tape that looks as fast as Karan Adams looked on his high school tape. Now, not including guys like Tavon Austin or something like that, but just, right, just right. like Olympic class sprinters. But like, you know, just of of in terms of in a, in a football like yeah, environment, just his his game speed is just unbelievably good. It's just unbelievably high. Um, we'll see what he like, he was a running back in in high school. He's kind of a pass catching running back in high school. They had to convert it to receiver, obviously. So it'll depend on what his hands and what his route running looks like. But as far as just, if you can get him into space, he's got speed, just unreal speed. Um, another guy that I've heard um, quite a bit about it, that he impressed quite a bit in spring. I think he was hurt. He was hurt towards the back end of spring. But as far as I know, he's you know everything I've heard has been really really good, um, which is Benny Nagoye. 
He's from Lincoln, Nebraska. He's a 6'4", true freshman. Per his Twitter profile, he ran a 4'4 flat laser time 40 and has a 44-inch vertical at 6'4". Assuming that is all accurate. Right. That is that, a that is an man. that is an outrage that is an outrageous I I feel I feel like maybe that's a peak at like not all at the same time like I don't know. We'll see. Um but that's scary I, to I, think. I, I'm with right. you cuz I saw that and I was like I was I was telling you I was like okay. Um, right, right, but, exactly. But everything that I've heard from camp it like kind of backs that up like that he's just cooking people deep and he's like a big time deep threat type of thing. We'll see. He's a true freshman. We'll see what his hands and his route running looks like. But the guy is, I mean, undoubtedly in, in an extraordinarily good athlete. So we'll see. He's got a, He's another one that has to be out there. It, I mean, right now, the known the, the knowns are Jaden Higgins is your ex. Jalen Knowles is your, is your starting slot guy. Beyond that, it's just going to be whoever steps up. And with how many young guys you have, it could be it could be any number of people, right? I'm actually glad Kansas is anybody. I'm glad Kansas is playing Iowa State later in the year, so that we actually get to like figure out who we have have to guard and not have to be like the breakout party for some of these guys, you know. So it'll be, but maybe maybe Iowa State's offensive line's got it figured out by the end. Well, yeah, we'll see about that. I mean, speaking of offensive line, like with all the (laughs) issues, with all the (laughs) with all the issues that they've had last year, like. How has how how are things different this year for the offensive line? Well, they have an entirely new offensive line coach for one. Um, so that usually helps a little bit. This, at least. Uh, it does help quite a bit. So, but it was funny because back in October, before anything any like anything started happening as far as changes wise goes, I mean, we were talking on down the pipe and Natty light, which is my my football po- or our yep. football podcast that we have for wide right with myself and uh, formerly Tom Mansburner, but now Nishi Hossberner and Marchie Murdoch. Um, talking, we were talking last October and said, we need to fire Jeff Myers and we need to go get UNI's offensive line coach, Ryan Clamp. Need to campaign, campaign on it for weeks. Every episode of that podcast, sure as shit. The <laughs> second week of December rolls around, they hire Ryan Clamp. I was like, hell yeah. Like because somebody listens. <laughs> for the, for, yeah. For the, for the Kansas fans that don't know, if you ever see Northern Iowa on your schedule, panic immediately. Because I've watched them play, I've, I've watched them play <laughs> Iowa State enough times to know that I I don't want Kansas anywhere near them. Nope, nope. So, so UNI is in that same class of FCS schools. That's North Dakota State, South Dakota State, UNI. Maybe like there's like Eastern Washington or something like one of the like a couple of those. James Madison when they were still FCS. You know that you you don't want any part of. You don't want to play them because they're every bit as good as any G five you would play. They're probably better than a lot of the G fives you're going to play. And they they will beat you if you're not playing well. Period. And and you have to pay them more. <laughs> and you have to pay them more. <laughs> and part of the reason that you and I has has given Iowa State tons of trouble and for a long time is because their 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 trenches their their offensive line and defensive line are just so good. They're so well coached. They're super disciplined. You like no matter if you if you have more size or more or, or more experience like not experience but if you have more size and more talent up front than they do. They're they're more experienced and they're better coached than your than your offensive line is, and they're just they're just really good. And we took their offensive line coach because <laughs> they he's he's just in the last couple drafts. But Spencer Brown, the starting left tackle for the Bills in the NFL, and then Trevor Penning, who's going to be a really really good guard for the Saints, both first round picks, outstanding outstanding linemen. And the common thread between those two and Ryan Clanton's general style and what he's been talking about all season is violence. You are going to finally see an Iowa State. 
offensive line that plays like they give a shit. They're going to go out like, because like when they were under Jeff Myers, they were always, they were soft. They were always slow because I think the, the, the whole thing was far, the whole blocking scheme was far too complicated to, to actually think through in the moment and, and to just be able to just play. And they just, they didn't play with the effort and you want your offensive line to play with. Brian Clanton came in and said to hell with that. We're going to beat the shit out of people. And we're like, like, like they're like, the entire thing is they're going to try to do the thing, the block from the blind side where he just dumps them into the trash can on the other end of the football field. That is the entire mindset of Ryan Clanton's offensive line, period. And we're going to, they're going to like, they're going to, like, they're going to pancake someone into the dirt and then like Halo 2 teabag them before they get up and walk away type of thing. Like, they're, <laughs> like, they're playing with, they're playing with attitude. And is that going to result in a few more holding penalties? Maybe. But what it is also going to result in is some more, more holes up front, more path, better pass protection. They're not going to be. They might not be technically perfect, you know, to start the season or even through this entire first season. But what they are going to play with is effort and intensity, and that is something that if you're going to be an Iowa, if you're going to be a team that likes to win with the power run game, you have to have that. You have to have the big nasties up front that will just demolish people, and that's what Iowa State has has been missing for so long. We got to see it happen on a football field, but everything that I've seen and heard about, from and about Ryan Clanton and this offensive line group is exactly what I wanted to hear. We're going to have to see it against you and I, against a team, you know, against a team that he helped coach. Yeah. Um, but all of the right things have been said, and all of the things I've heard are have all been what I've been wanting to hear. we got to see it on film. we got to see it on the field. But uh, Yeah, it, it sounds like it's, it's trending in the right direction. Obviously, it takes time. The question is going to be, you know... Now that they're going to be more aggressive, are they going to be able to handle teams trying to take advantage of that aggression in ways that will, you know, cause problems? So it, it will uh, be very interesting know, to see is, how quickly they come along with that. But it's, yeah, and the you, thing you've too, got to have that aggression you, to start with. Yeah, when, when you when you talk like to like former offensive linemen and even just just fo- former football players in general, like if you had to pick between being oh, kind of timid and sure. slow and being technically. Pers- technically proficient or just being a badass and going out there and just punching people in the face and getting a couple penalties once in a while, you'll take the being a badass and you know, oh, right, a couple right. penalties once in a while. Aggression is I mean, the base characteristic and then the technique right, and exactly. stuff is the fine tuning. Like, like you've got to get it in the ballpark first before you do the exactly. fine tuning. Like, so. Yeah, like you're you're better off being playing with intensity and violence and and just doing that. It makes the game simpler. It makes the whole thing move faster. Oh, yeah. You know, your 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 objective number one is to take the guy that's in front of you and put his ass in the dirt. That is that is objective number one. And yep. when that is the only thing you got to think about, everything gets easier. Like you, there's there's not much else you got to worry about. If that's all you got to do is you put that guy in the dirt and then you get up and you put somebody else in the dirt. That's all it is. For sure. And it's a simple. It's more simple. It's more violent. I I'm excited to see it. I I'm very very excited. I got to see it on the field. Right. I'm really excited about the potential of this philosophy because I think it's the philosophy that Iowa State has needed this whole time. Well, all I can say is I am planning. Bruce Hall and Dave Montgomery had room to run. Yeah, exactly. If they could could get to the line of scrimmage untouched on a regular basis, can you even imagine? Brees, I mean, Brees Hall would have run for 2,300 yards if he had, if he had room to run instead of having to just run and did, God, Dave Montgomery, God bless his soul. He was like his average, his average um, yards before contact was like 1.3. Oh, it, it was, was ridiculously stupid. bad. Yeah. I mean, it, it was stupid and he was still average like four yards a carry because he's a God amongst mere mortals. And 
I'm I'm excited. I'm cautiously optimistic, but I'm excited. <laughs> well, hey, at least there's something to be excited about, right? For for like yes. I remember I remember when it felt like everything was hitting you and then it, you know, both Iowa State a yeah. while back and then Kansas as well. It's like you find that one thing to cling on to that you're really excited to see and just hope that nothing happens to it in the in the meantime. Mm-hmm. So, all right, I do want to shift over to the other side of the ball where I think things are a little bit more established. But before we do that, things I need to throw a bit, a to bit a, sunny, you're on. Yeah, yeah, just <laughs> yeah. a bit. Um, but before we do that, I need to throw it to a quick break. We will be right back on the Rock Talk podcast. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And we're back. I am here with Levi Stevenson of Wide Right Natty Light and a whole bunch of other Iowa State related things. Um, talking about, of course, the Iowa State Cyclones. So we got done with the hard part, which was talking about the offense and, and you know, trying to talk ourselves into thinking that this offense has a chance to be good this year. We'll see. Defense, on the other hand, everybody knows the Iowa State defense is a phenomenal defense. And I think we all know the main reason for that being the defensive coordinator. But what is different about this Iowa State defense this year? Because they were really good last year. Is there thoughts that this defense could be even better this year? Uh, there's reason to believe they're going to be as good. Um, because in previous years, the, the front six has been really, really good, like outstanding. And then the secondary was pretty good but you kind of wanted to ski they the the defense was kind of schemed around it to help kind of cover up some deficiencies here and there now it's kind of inverted a little bit where the secondary is disgusting and now the linebackers we feel pretty we feel pretty good we know for sure one starter which is gary vaughn and we and there's a couple other ones we're not 100 sure on but we kind of know and there's defensive line defensive tackle we rock solid there dominique orange is a monster um, and defensive end, you lose Will McDonald, unfortunate. And man, he's gonna be he's gonna be such a good throw. If you haven't already put if you already put money down on Will McDonald as defensive rookie of the year in the NFL, you, you should probably do that now before the odds go down and you make less money on it. Um, but um, Tyler and Yedem was playing played there last year. He's really really good. Um, a few other guys in there that I've seen. Um, you know, Samuel Same is is a guy that. Uh, he's he's a fresh he's actually a true freshman from Wichita, Kansas. 
Um, really good player. I've heard a lot of good things about him early on. Jefferson Adam, I think, is a guy that can play early on. Miles Mendezun was a linebacker and is now probably going to be a stand-up rush end. Um, kind of kind of like what Will, Will, Will McDonald was a lot last year was as a stand-up edge rusher. Um, you'll see some of that. I can't Yogu. Um, is a guy that I th- he's a redshirt freshman. I think he's, I've heard a lot of really good things about him. Uh, what I've learned up to this point is that even if you don't know all the names, Eli Rashid puts together a pretty good, pretty damn good defensive line pretty much every year. Like, I mean, they've got, they've got their defensive tackle in Dominique orange. They've got at least, they've got a couple really, really good pass rushers, especially Tyler and beyond that. The guys that are there are talented. They just haven't played a ton. J.R. Singleton's played a ton of snaps for Iowa State. He's another guy. He'll play. He'll he'll go between the tackle and the and the defensive end spot. They've got the guys. They'll be they'll be good there. Um, linebacker group. We like said Gary Vaughn is our known known commodity there. He's a middle linebacker. Um, he's been here. This is his sixth year in the program. Um, he's been here since 2018. He played he played he played college football games with, with Kyle Kemp. Um, and uh, wait, what? Yeah, he that's, was on the same team as Kyle Kemp. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> um, so we know he's going to be in the middle linebacker. Uh, we've There's a few other names that you know we've been hearing throughout the camp. I will tell you that one name that has consistently come up is Jack Sadowski, a true freshman uh, from Batavia, Illinois. I have heard a lot of things about him. He came in with good size, 6'2", 245. Um, really, really good size for a linebacker. Um I would say it has had recent success running true freshman at linebacker, um, notably Mike Rose, who ended up having a pretty good career at Iowa State. Just, um, <laughs> just, a, just a little good career. Uh, got plenty of history there. I, I would be even if he doesn't start game one, I would be, I would be shocked if he's not starting by conference season. And he honestly might just start game one and just they might just go with it. Um, you go the guys in there jj john louis he's a freshman from centerville ohio i've heard i've heard his name come up a few different times carson willich is a redshirt freshman i think can step in jacob jacob imming um zachary lovett is a transfer uh i believe from i believe from a zoo um i think he's got a shot to to play so i don't think he'll start but i think he's got a shot carson marshall played a bunch of snaps for iowa state last year um we'll 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 see there's there's some really good names um back there there's just not as many snaps right now, but Gary Vaughn's back there. He's six year in the program. He's played just a billion snaps for Iowa state at this point. Um, good rock, solid defender right there. Um, again, Tyson Vite, probably one of the best line. He's one of the best linebacker coaches in the country. I, you could, you could, he could try you and me out there, Andy, and we'd probably have a good linebacker. <laughs> I could probably figure it out. Um, and that's just, I don't know. I mean, My just, first I mean, step's I, pretty bad. So, I don't know. Well, Colby <laughs> Readers was too, but he was just fine last year. Um, yeah, that's really the story with John Haycock because he could take a bunch of he could take all of the bloggers that talk about John Haycock and put them on the field and probably field a top fifty defense, um, which is just insane. <laughs> I mean, he's so, he's so good. I know. Um, uh, and then you get back to the secondary, which <laughs> secondary is so much fun. Okay, so TJ Tampa is a junior. I, for my money, he's, I, I think he's clearly the best. I don't I shouldn't say clearly. There's, there's other good corners in the big 12. I think he's the best corner in the big 12. I think he's probably a top three to four corner in the country. I think he'll be a first round draft pick next May or sorry, next or yeah, next May. And uh, he's, I mean, he's phenomenal. He's a, he's a really good athlete. He's got good size. He's six, two. 
um, huge vertical former basketball player. Um, he's, I mean, he's everything you want in a corner right now. Um, and if he plays as good as he's played up to this point in the season, I mean, he is full on TJ Tampa Island. He like, they just, he won't get a lot of interceptions because people won't throw at him. <laughs> kind of like Anthony Johnson's had his, for much of his career with guys just didn't throw at him because he was really good at covering. Um, and then across from him is Miles Purchase. Not as great of an athlete or a, an imposing of a body, but yeah, I don't know if you remember Brian Peavy. He played for Iowa State. He's a very, very good corner, a little bit undersized. Little bit, yeah. Um, yeah, but very just rock solid guy, you know, right across in TJ Tampa. Miles Purchase is a very good corner. He just is overshadowed by TJ Tampa right now. Um, in the, in the At the safety group, which has always been one of Iowa State's strongest positions and was last year again, um, Bo Freeler's back. He's he's your John Lynch, if you like the old school NFL references. Uh, back there just making plays, big hit, really, really good uh, run support guy back there. Jeremiah Cooper is another safety back there. He's played a ton. Um, uh, three, he's, a, he's just a sophomore, I believe. So he's he's played a lot of snaps for just having a young career. I think he's going to be a really, really exceptional player. Um, back there, you also have Malik Verdon back there, who um, – he got hurt earlier last year, but he was very, very good um, in in this time that he had back there. Um, a few other guys. I mean, I've there's a few other guys that I've heard. Um, Cam Smith is a true freshman one that he I've heard his name come up. Jamison Patton is a true freshman from Ankeny um, that I've heard him come up as getting some playing time as well. Um, Trayvon Howard, he's a an IMG product that was originally a Northwestern commit. And then flipped, I would say he's a redshirt freshman. Um, He's come up quite a bit. Um, Really solid there. And actually, one of the things, too, that is cool about, I would say, secondary is that they're, I mean, they're, they they play too deep at every position. I mean, they, the Iowa State defense pretty regularly puts 24, 25, 26 guys on the field during the game. I mean, they play, they play the entire too deep every game. Um, and, you know, backup corners, you're looking at for really good, a couple of really good guys. Darren Porter, he's a former receiver, 6'4", 195. 6'4", is a huge corner, um, and he was yeah. a 200-meter track champ. He was a 200-meter track champion at Iowa State. He was a, he's a sprinter at 6'4", um, that has that played really well last year, and now he's getting into his second year as a corner. Um, he has a chance to be really, really good um, as a top-end physical prospect at, at corner. Um, and there's just, there's just a lot of talent in that room, and Deion Broomfield and it has done such a good job with the with the with the with the safeties back there. Yeah, this is a, a phenomenal unit. I mean, I think for my money, it's I it, it's the best it's the best secondary in the Big Twelve. Um, and I, there might be a little bit of a gap even. I mean, there's they're just so good. They're so solid at every position. They've got a, like I said, they've got a first round pick at at corner. Will Freeler is going to be probably a, a mid to high round pick. Something like that, you know, a third round pick, second round pick at some point. You know, they're just they're just so good in that secondary that I would say you, I, you can do I, I hope there's not as much of a gap as you seem to think there might be, but um I think it is easy to point to Iowa State as the best defensive backfield in and the thing conference. you can do too with with Iowa State's defense by having such a good secondary is that instead of having to move guys around to cover up for deficiencies all of a sudden now you can get more aggressive with your coverages and you can take some more gambles because you know that there's going to be a, you know, for a fact that there's a guy over top, you never have to worry about it. You never have to worry about if both Freeler is going to be back there taking, not taking the deep route. So TJ Tampa can jump a route or something like that and try to force more turnovers. When your secondary can be more aggressive, you can force more turnovers. 
I hate to say this every year because they're really good at it. And I hate Iowa, but one thing that their defense is exceptionally good at is forcing turnovers. They are better at forcing turnovers than anybody in college football, and it's not even close. They've they forced an unbelievable amount of turnovers. Um, and part of it is because their safeties especially are aggressive. When, they, when they're pursuing um, short and intermediate routes, they are aggressive at picking, at, at jumping routes and picking stuff off. And that's because their secondary is always very, very good. Don't worry. I understand the whole not wanting to give a rival credit because I unfortunately have to do the same thing with Kansas State's special teams all the time. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. And so, and which and it's it's hard because like I because Iowa State's defense is as the overall product goes, every bit as good as Iowa's. They're just a lot better at forcing turnovers than we are. Um, but when you can have a really really good secondary that you can is really dependable and is really athletic. Uh, you can take more chances. You can pick off passes. You can try to you can try to do that and try to generate more opportunities for your offense. Um, and I think that would be phenomenal if Iowa State can. You know, if they if they had to trade giving up two more big plays in the year, and you can in 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 return you could get three more turnovers. I think that's a huge net win. And you know, I, I think that's a massive net win um, that gets the offense more opportunities. You know, which a young a young team you want to get them on the field as much as you possibly can, especially a, a team that likes to play ball control football like Iowa State. You want to get them more and more possessions, and a, a defense that can force more turnovers is going to be huge, huge for this team. Yeah, um, for sure. That's what you had. That's what you have the opportunity to do with when you have a secondary as good as Iowa State's. Yep. All right. So I don't think there's really any other surprises on the defense. I do have to ask, and I'll keep this really quick because. Uh, special teams. Is there any hope for special teams this year? Who knows? I don't know. I don't know who's <laughs> kicking the football. I know Tyler Perkins is punting, and I know he's really good. He'll, he'll be a. I would wouldn't shock me if he's a grows if he's a grows a semifinalist. He's a really good punter. Um, Prop protection's got to help him out a little bit. Uh, kicker, I have no idea. It's probably going to be bad. Whatever. And then we heard in the offseason there was a quote about wanting to actually return the football and to try to take advantage of getting yards in the return game instead of just defaulting to the 25-yard line every time, um, which I think is good because, you know, field position matters. Again, I mean, it's good to want to, to point at our rival, but I mean, <laughs> I mean, I have to point at our rival across the state who wins games exclusively through forcing turnovers and winning the field position battle, field position battle on special teams. That is the only way they win football games. That is it, and somehow they win like nine every year, and because they're, they're just they're just stupid good. At well, I mean that like, that and they play in the Big Ten West, but that's another conversation that, that entirely. A, just, so just a dog shit division. It's just a horrible. But all right, so um, so in other words, special teams is is still a big a big unknown. It, um, yeah, which I mean, is completely it, it, fine. It, it, special teams is poopy until further notice. Yeah, that's just what it is. All right, so let's really quick just run through the schedule because I am very interested to see what your thoughts yes. are on this schedule. Iowa State only gets to play two of the new teams to the Big 12 this year, they, and they go on the road for both of them, at Cincinnati and at BYU. Um, thoughts on, on the schedule in general? Not just, obviously, the preseason stuff, which, or I'm sorry, the, the non-conference stuff, which is, I think, fairly standard for what you guys typically do, but the way that this you know first not-round-robin Big 12 schedule kind of shaped up. Any, any particular thoughts about how well it shaped up for Iowa State or maybe how bad it did? I think when it first came out, everyone's like, oh, my God, Iowa State got the short end of the stick or whatever. You're playing. I don't know. There was, there was a lot of – when it first came out, Iowa State got the third toughest schedule in college football. As the offseason shook out, I think it got easier. I think now that, I've, now that we've had a chance to sit there and look at this, 
I think this is a manageable schedule. There's some there's some games on here you don't love, but I think it's a manageable schedule. Oklahoma State lost so much in the transfer. Oh, I know. Seriously. Oh my god, they got they got they got decimated in the transfer portal. Now their quarterback is Alan Bowman. Like, I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, I had this I, conversation I, with Philip on my on, you know here on this podcast, and it's like Oklahoma State's one of those teams you don't know what to think about them because they got I, rid of so much stuff because, that wasn't working, and they brought in so much stuff that might work, but you don't really know. They got the receiver, the best receiver they got the portal was Arlen Bruce, and now he's going to be done because he was gambling. Yeah, because he was at Iowa, <laughs> and you know, I, 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 I mean, yeah, Gundy's teams are always very Gundy's teams are always solid. They just are, and but I'm sorry, like if you're not if Oklahoma State's not trotting out like a top twenty five offense out there, John Haycock's going to ruin his life. Like I don't, I don't, this this secondary is going to is going to make Allen Bowman quit football. Right, I just Oklahoma State will stay in games against teams that don't have either a phenomenal offense or a phenomenal defense. Like if you have a right. one of the units that is just absolutely ridiculously good, you have a chance to mess up Oklahoma State's day. But if yeah, I think I think so too. Yeah. yeah, if if you're if you're just balanced and you're just decent at, at things, then I think they can they can probably do something there. But if they have to face some sort of elite unit, either offense or defense, I think they might struggle. Yeah, like I think that they might um, have and, problems and, with with Jalen Daniels and the Kansas offense, and they're probably and I can guarantee they're going to have problems with the Iowa State defense. The question is going to be, can the other side of the ball do enough to, to keep them right, where they need right. to be? So. And then they, get them, they get them in Ames. I think Iowa State's got a very good shot to win that one. Yep. Um, they'll be a, a couple-point favorite. Oklahoma, I am not a believer. I think Brent Venables is going to get fired after this year. <laughs> oh, wow. Like, I don't think they're going to be as remotely. good as a lot of people seem to think, but I, uh, I mean, I'm not, I'm I think not they'll remote, be decent I'm not remotely. Year. I'm not remotely a believer in Brent Venables. That team has no depth there's they have good starters but they have no depth whatsoever and yeah but a lot of that's not venable's I, fault like i know it's not, not i know it's not venable's fault but you got to remember what we're talking about here we're talking oh, fair, about fair. if oklahoma if oklahoma only wins seven games what what i mean yeah they went six and seven last with, year so like right if they how, have another how, they had a losing record last year if they only win seven games this year then we're like uh we have to go to the sec now yeah and, and you don't get to come on, on you know and and sorry but you don't have a seat on the bus Right, you're going to get absolute shit on. Yeah. That's what's going to happen. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm not a believer in Oklahoma. I mean, Dylan Gabriel's good. Again, I would say it's a phenomenal secondary. If anyone can handle Dylan Gabriel, I guarantee you, I he's good, but not great. And with, and he's, uh, yeah, he's and they need yeah. someone who's great. I think for the, for their offense to work right. I, I like I, Oklahoma's going to be a favorite there. It's a tough place to play, um, and I would say it's, offense has to be better. But their offense is nothing that I would say that's going to that's going to trouble me as far as from Iowa State's defense um defensive perspective. So it's it's a winnable game. I don't think I would like I I took I, I took Iowa State to lose that game, but it's a game that absolutely like if Iowa State is if the offense has got something at that point in the season, it's a game that I could absolutely see Iowa State going down and steal. Yeah. I'm I'm curious about um, that that TCU game because I think I think yeah. I, I probably have Does Iowa know what State TCU is yeah, I mean, that's the real question. I've seen several people will be like, yeah, TCU's going to be better this year than they were last year, which... No, fuck I no. mean, <laughs> no. well, they could be better this year overall, but not... There's no get, way they're going to be that lucky. They're right, right, be, but not get right, the be, same yeah. luck. Like, it's the same sort of argument where you could say Kansas could go 4-8 and eight or 5-7 and seven and be a better team this year than they were last year. Right. Because right. they just don't get the bounces that they did. But, like, right. I mean, I think that TCU is good enough that they could beat Iowa State, and and if things are hitting the way that they expect things to hit, like, it, it may not even be particularly close, but that's 
relying on a lot of things to continue to go really well for TCU. I do think, though, it's reasonable to say that expectations for the first six games for Iowa State is probably around three and three. Yeah, three and three, four and two, somewhere in there would be great. I'm going to take, I, I have to take Iowa State to win that game because they're wearing the Jack Trace throwbacks that game. Oh, oh, yeah, no, that's a good point. Can't lose in those. Can't right. lose in those. Um, that's a dub. And uh, go to Cincinnati. Cincinnati has one scholarship player left. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Nobody has any clue what Cincinnati is going to be. And I don't even know how you could. You could. There's no way you could project what Cincinnati is going to be. I assume they'll probably be not. I project that Cincinnati will be a football team this year. Yep, they'll be they will be at the stadium. Um, <laughs> I think they're gonna I think they're gonna struggle. This is the game yep. that I think Iowa State Iowa State can go and win that one. Yep, I hate playing. I think they're gonna lose at Baylor. I I I hate Iowa State does not play well in Waco. They I I hate playing down there. I think Baylor's probably gonna be pretty solid. Dave Rand is a great coach. You know I I no I hate playing at I hate playing at Baylor. I don't like it. We never play it well. We're gonna lose that one. Okay. Kansas at home for homecoming. I, I will most sorry. likely be in the building I'm for that sorry, one too. Andy. So it's that'll be, not that'll gonna, be the last home game I'm at this season. I it's be, not going to be a repeat of last time Kansas came up there. I can guarantee you that. What happened last time? Do we? I can't remember. I yeah, it was like fifty-eight to six or something like oh, that. Oh yeah, when you came up in the last rain. Time, yeah, it yeah. Was, yeah, it was it was it ugly. was bad. Yeah, it was ugly. Um. Yeah, I don't think they'll blow them out. I I would take right now. I would stay. I think I would stay. Pick up that win. I like, like you, you said, we got Kansas. with see what it looks like or whatever. You know, are they going to the? I mean, the defense has got to show. I mean, something. what it really comes down to is if Kansas defense going to improve more or is Iowa State's offense going to improve more? Like right. whichever one of those I, no, units no, improves you, more is going to win the game for them. Yeah, I mean, I I would still take like if I had to like give them a hundred shots, I would say like if I had to just Kansas's offense versus Iowa State's defense. I mean, I, I would I would take Iowa State's defense. I mean, I'm, I'm biased, obviously. Right, but. but I mean, I think it would be – I mean, I, I might even right. actually agree with you, but I think it would be like 55-45, not like 70-30. Sure. Um, so, yeah, I, I think – yeah, I, I would say the offense has to show something, and, I, and Kansas's defense has to show something. Yeah, I do um, think that Kansas' defense – is probably closer than Iowa State's offense at this point. But the question, of course, obviously is we have know, eight yeah. games prior to that for, you know, for development. Yeah, to there's, see a, there's, who a, actually lot of, there's a lot of, yeah. right, there's a lot of snaps between the beginning of the season and the Kansas yep. game. So we'll know a lot more then. Um, yeah, I have no, I, I'm going to say right now, I think Iowa State will Which win. Which is fair. One. Like, I, I, I can't blame you um, for having home, confidence would, in your team at home with at, that at defense. Home, homecoming with, yeah, with that defense. That's the thing is that I know. Our, our good friend Philip Slavin likes to talk about him. I was Matt Campbell's record in close games and all that. I get that. Part of the reason that he's lost so many ga- close games is because he plays a lot of close games. Oh, right, and, right. Which means that Iowa State never gets blown out. I mean, the one time that they did get blown out last year, it was at the end of the season. Nobody gave a shit. TCU was trying to put up style points for the for the playoff committee, and Iowa State didn't even care to be there. Right. Because the season was over and they gave a shit. So, like, I'm not even – that's not even a data point. But – you know, generally speaking, Iowa State never gets blown out. Ever. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm like, I'm looking like they lost by two scores to Oklahoma, with the exception of the TCU game, like you're talking about. That's the furthest apart a loss was. And that last was, year. and that was with that was with one of the worst offenses in college football. You know, before that, when I when Iowa State has a has a decent offense, a decent or a good offense, yeah. uh, they're always always in one score games. Period. 
Yep. Um, so, and, and that's just kind of how it is. That's how that's the, that's the game you play when you play, we have a really good defense, but a shit offense. You just always play close games and they all suck. Um, so let's go so to final three Provo. games at BYU home against Texas yeah. and then at Kansas state. I will say I am very much hoping that Iowa state can pull, um, a, you know, a repeat of their performance against Oklahoma state and ruin a, both a Texas and a Kansas state potential perfect season. So. I think, I think the potential again, depends on what the offense looks like, but the potential to finish that out two and one by beating BYU and Texas, I think is solid. BYU is not that great there. I think Keaton, like yep, there, there's not. nothing there. There's just nothing there. Um, they'll be decent and they'll be a good big 12 team eventually, but it's eventually they're just, it's not, they're quite not a bit to expect them to jump in immediately. Yeah. And Texas, I get it. They're good. good. They're also playing in names on November 18th. And if there's they better bring Texas the right hates, cleats. I'll just say that. If, 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 if there's anything that Texas really hates doing, it's playing in Ames in November. Playing in they the cold. <laughs> yeah, they hate it. And at that point, I would say theoretically you should have something going on offense. And the defense is going to be really good. And it's just one of those things that Iowa State always plays. Like that'll be a night game, hundred percent chance. That's a night game. Oh, for sure. And Iowa State Jack tries a night in the cold. That's that's a good recipe for taking down Texas and ruining an undefeated. I say the only way it will not be a night game is if Texas has already flopped like horribly right prior right. to that. Yeah. So in which yeah. case yeah. I would feel a lot better about your guys' chances in that one anyway. So Kansas State, Look, we always play them tight, and we always play them. I'm Manhattan, I'm really hoping that you guys can get it figured out and <laughs> we, shut we, down we, Will Howard. We've gotten screwed <laughs> over there so many times. Like we've gotten just screwed over there sometimes. Like you've gotten screwed over against Kansas State so many times, regardless of where you are. Like I know, I know. Even in Ames last year, like <laughs> that was bad. We should have we should have beat them in 2017 in the game that shall never be mentioned again. Okay, we, and and we, you know what game I'm talking about? Yes, I do. But you just mentioned it. <laughs> We're not doing it. We're not doing it. Um, okay. So that game, Iowa State should have won that game. They should have won in 19, and they probably should have won. They should have won in 21. And, you know, there's a there's there's probably – there's pretty good reason that Iowa State probably should be on like a – should have won like five out of six versus Kansas State or something like that. But instead, here we are. Iowa State always plays Kansas State good in Manhattan, but I think we – I think everyone generally thinks Kansas State's probably going to be pretty good. And – they're in Manhattan. They typically get a fairly friendly whistle there. And I don't know. We'll see. I just noticed you guys you guys shouldn't play Kansas State late in the year anymore. Like you guys seem to do okay when it's early in the year. With the exception of last year, which was fairly early. Mm. Well, I'm thinking like in twenty eighteen and twenty nineteen we play or twenty eighteen and twenty twenty we played them late in the year. And oh, that's fair. Yeah, but you had a good them. offense at that point. So, <laughs> yeah, I, and you know the the thing is too is is right now we just have no idea what the Iowa State offense is going to look yep. like. That genuinely speaking, I'm not. I'm trying to tell this in an unbiased way as possible. But like, if the offensive line is solid, the, this offense could actually be really good. They've got plenty of talent and athleticisms to be really good, but it's going to be heavily dependent on the offensive line. Right, they if don't the get an opportunity to show how in. good they are if the offensive line does is garbage. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Right. So, uh, so we'll we'll see. I it's just it's hard it's hard to like project more than like 
two games out for Iowa State because we just don't Understandable. know what the offense so, has. All right, no so idea. so I guess final question. Um, if you had to come up with a record for the entire year, what what would you put it at? Seven and five. Okay. I know I saw that uh, Brett McMurphy over at Action Network had 10 of 14 Big 12 teams making a bowl game this year. So Give me, give me wins over you and I, Iowa, Ohio, Oklahoma State, BYU. Starting 4-0. Uh, Cincinnati. Starting 4-0. They'll grab Cincinnati and BYU and Kansas. Okay, I'm going to have to disagree with that last one. I, I, I think you meant to say Kansas State. So, um, you know, <laughs> much, I, I much like a, the if, AP if voter. Lose, if we had to lose to Kansas to beat Kansas State, I would take that. Okay, okay. Well, you know what? Shake on it. Yes, awesome. No, much like um, that AP voter who accidentally got her votes assigned to Kansas instead of Kansas State, I, I'm that's what my belief is on that loss that you just – you know, mm. predicted there. So there you go. It, it was meant for Kansas State, got accidentally assigned to Kansas. So, now, I mean, in general, if Iowa State goes to a bowl game, this thing's working. It's pointed in the right direction. Yep, we're good. We feel we feel really good about the direction of the program if Iowa State makes a bowl game. And even even five and seven contextually can still be totally fine. Um, it just like it's said, very it much what things. Yeah, it very much feels like. like it's the if you go five and seven with maybe one blowout loss the entire year then you probably feel pretty good about it, you know, unless you, like, lose to yeah. Cincinnati. Like, I'm, I'm sorry, but if you lose yeah. to Cincinnati, then that's a problem. Or you lose to, like, Ohio or you and I, like, then you might have problems. I, w- I but, will say that that Ohio game is kind of sneaky because Ohio was a 10-2 and team last year, and they're they're projected to be the favorite in the back. They have a really, really good offense. Um, so what you're saying is Iowa State win. did themselves no favors with scheduling. <laughs> No, they didn't. They never do because they have to pick the the worst FCS you can think of. They have to play a team whose scheme resembles something like the the, the Raiders from the seventies, and then you have to play the probably the best team in the in the in the MAC for sure, and maybe the one of the best teams in the G five. And then <laughs> I don't know. The non conference schedule always is unnecessarily difficult and sim- simultaneously unnecessary difficult and kind of boring like yeah i would say it's offense i would say it's a non-conference schedule always sucks it just kind of is what it is but then it's yeah it is what (laughs) (laughs) all right levi well let's rather than um you know dive into the depths of despair that is the non-conference schedule for iowa state yeah um how how about you tell everybody where they can find all your stuff online so at Wide Ride Natty Light, um, Wide Ride Natty Light dot com at Wide RT Natty LT on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, um, if you are in Discord, into Discord, or if you use it, our Discord just hit a thousand members the other day um, or yesterday. So pretty cool. Andy's been in it from damn near the beginning. Yep, um, it's a lot of fun. You're a moderator and everything, so it's uh, which is kind of scary in its own right, but yeah, has, but I mean, like, you, I mean, you can attest. I mean, the Discord's very active. Oh my gosh, it's it's probably the most active Discord I've ever seen. It is a whole lot of fun. It's a, everybody from. Oh. It's not just Iowa State. It's all of Big Twelve, and you know, not even just Big Twelve. Just, I mean, yeah, we, we have some Iowa people in there that are um, at least somewhat okay, like tolerable. So they're tolerable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's 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 tons of fans from other from other schools. We've got tons of channels that aren't just sports. We've got you know we got 
like food and booze. We got music, movies, game. We've got like six different gaming channels. We do do lots of different stuff. Um, it's a lot of fun. I really, really recommend it. If if you're kind of if you are a previous user of the old forums and stuff like that online or whatever, and are looking for something a little bit more interactive or just kind of a newer version of that, Discord's fantastic. And our and I I, I like I said, I think our server is. A lot of oh, it's it's so much fun. I, I really enjoy being on there. So, all right, well, that is going to yeah. do it for us today, Levi. Thank you so much for joining me, and thank you guys so, thank you guys so much for listening. If you have not already, please go, please do go out wherever you get your podcast, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, any of the million apps that are out there. Just search for Rock Chalk Podcast. You can subscribe, get every episode as soon as it comes out. If you give us a rating and a review, five stars, nice comments would be absolutely fantastic. But if for whatever reason you can't do that. Just let us know what it is we can be doing better. We really do bring the podcast to you guys, get you all the information you need in as entertaining a way as possible. So if you have any questions, comments, suggestions, people you want to try to interview, anything like that, contact me by email at rockchalkpodcast at gmail.com or on Twitter at rockchalkpod. We are part of the 10 Podcast Network covering all the teams in the Big 12 Conference, including, you know, the four new ones for this year. And we are already looking at trying to add shows to cover the brand new four schools that are coming in in 2024. So look, it's a, it's, it's a great network that has a ton of different podcasts. We just added a whole bunch of new podcasts. So make sure you go over to 1012network.com and look for links to all of the great shows that we have. We do have a Patreon now for the network. Go over to patreon.com slash 1012network and you can support us there. But uh, thank you guys so much for listening, Levi. Thank you so much for joining me. We will catch you guys next time on the Rock Chalk Podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.